Hey, it's Chad. Joel and I were in Vegas all week this week. I know, it's hard being us guys. Um, but uh, guess what? We've got some amazing interviews. And if you didn't know, if you didn't hear, Jobs to Careers is now Talru. That's right. So we're going to talk to Thad, the new CEO over at now Talru. And uh, also, if you don't know about Jobs at X, we're going to talk to their CEO, Amit. And the dude is awesome. So take a listen. Learn more about this industry and about these new names that are coming out, whether they've been in the market and they're pivoting or they're entirely new. Enjoy. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. What's up, everybody? We're back uh, with our, I don't know, series of Sherm talent interviews. Um, we're real excited to have Thad Price, uh, newly named CEO. Congratulations, Thank by the way. Much. That's uh, quite an honor. Um, when I met you, you were sort of slogging in the trenches with uh, <laughs> with Shelly Mudd and company. So good on you, man. Um, wanted to really get you in. You have a big announcement here at the show. Why don't you just tell us what you've sort of unveiled here at the show, and we'll sort of dig into the whys and the whats. Yeah, great question. So we've unveiled our new brand. Our new brand is Tauru. And from our perspective, Tauru is the unification of the jobs2careers.com destination and also our growing employer suite of services. So back in October, we launched On Demand Talent, which is a product that we built under the jobs2careers.com brand. ODT. So, ODT, that's right. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> On demand talent. So we launched it, got a lot of great feedback. Mm -hmm. And so now that product is actually Tauru Attract. And so now we're bringing the the brand together around our new brand that is Tauru. So what's going to happen to the Jobs to Careers brand? Um, Because right now, I believe if you go to Jobs to Careers, the logo is still there, powered by Tauru. Mm -hmm. Like, are we looking at a multi-brand situation? Will will Jobs to Careers go away and everything will be Tauru? Will Jobs to Careers be a separate thing and Tauru will be a tech arm? Like... Tell us exactly what the future is. What's holds. going on? You guys really want to know this. Yeah, cheese <laughs> want to know. It's a burning question. Jeez. Yeah. It's a great question. So from our perspective, it's basically the technology, right? So Tauru is the technology. Jobseekers.com is the job seeker destination. So that's how we look at the world right now is really unifying around this idea of software and technology that helps power, you know, how employers attract talent. So consumers should think of jobs to careers as a job promotion distribution arm, correct? Uh, consumers or, well, yeah. As uh, employers, yeah. HR people should look at distribution of jobs, pimp my jobs, get exposure. And they should look at Talru as a technology arm as solution? Platform. As, a yeah, platform. as a platform. Okay. As a data-driven a platform to essentially find and reach unique audiences that we can uncover to help uncover quality candidates. So are we talking programmatic? It's not so much programmatic in that, you know, in, in our world, as you look at kind of the definition of programmatic, mm-hmm. it's it's really, in some cases, it's kind of muddy, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, a job site should be programmatic in their own ecosystem, right? They're being a great marketer. So as you look at kind of what we do is we read uh, the programmatic vendors, a lot of, most of the program, all of the programmatic vendors are actually great partners of ours. So we actually amplify how we work with programmatic uh, vendors uh, with our system. So the programmatic vendor serves as the rules engine, then we read the rules engine and we provide access to our unique audiences. So as Tauru continues to gain traction and we power more, then there's more audience data. So right now we, we're powering about three billion, two, around three billion job searches a month. Hmm. That's actually email alerts, um, in some cases SMS, site yeah. searches, all these things together. So why Talru? What does it mean? And what other names did you come up with that you didn't go with? <laughs> That's a great question. It was a, it was a fun. It was it was fun, right? We looked at a lot of different things. You know, we looked at on-demand talent being, you know, like that was very. There wasn't a lot of mystique in on-demand talent. There wasn't a lot of intrigue in on-demand talent. Nah. And so when we started looking, we we're like, okay, what what is important for us? And really, what was important is we wanted mystique and intrigue because there have been aggregators and job boards around for so many for so many years so from our perspective it was really important to 
bring this this mystique and intrigue. So when we looked at it, we said, well, what do we really do, right? And we connect talent and recruiters. And so how can we build a brand around what we do and what's the connection that's there? So how we look at the world is we, you know, we say we're bringing job seekers together with employers and we're attracting the talent. So when that happens, there's this intersection. And so um, it's, it's been great for us. So that was kind of the, how we, we looked at it and we were like, all right, let's, let's create a word that really speaks to what we're looking to do and what's interesting. Any other words you created that uh, didn't make the cut? There were a couple. Um, but that was the one that really stood out that we just we we, we worked on. Nice we were, sidestepping that question. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know the name. Name names, Thad. Name we'll names. Have, we'll have to go see what domains they recently uh, recently reserved. So so you said it was fun, but there had to be some like back and forth argument, yeah. and I mean. Tell, tell tell us about the height of that because branding. Yeah. I mean, this is like I mean, for lack of better terms, like birthing a new child, yeah. right? Yeah. So let's, this is, let's this, be honest. Jobs to careers is not the most you know innovative name, create, you know, imaginative name. So, Tal Jobs and Tal Rue is a little bit out there. So there there must have been a nice conversation. Yeah, that was you know in the conversation we were saying okay, this again this idea of like mystique and intrigue. How do we how do we showcase this? And so there was a lot of conversation around, okay, who do we want to be? What do we want to, you know, how do we want people to perceive us yeah. as a brand? And that was a lot of fun. So there was a lot of, what was really interesting is we all rallied around it. So, um, you know, Cindy, who heads up our uh, sales team, she's a lot of experience in the industry. She was like, I love it. Let's do it. Um, Tony, our new VP of product, he's like, this is great. I love it. I, it, it feels good. And then we have a new uh, VP of marketing and brand that joined us, uh, Keith, about, um, almost two months ago and he's like I love it it's great so it, it all it all resonated and then explaining about how we created it in the intersection of talent and recruiting and how that's so powerful uh, was really important to us and you know what's interesting about our story is we fully believe that great people grow great companies because you know you guys have seen all the turmoil that's happened in the industry over the last 10 15 years all the highs and lows okay. and so we just know, did a podcast and i don't know if you saw the career builders a train wreck podcast but yeah it's happening all around us yeah and it's you know <laughs> people make all the difference and yeah. so if we can attract great people for companies that work with us we can provide a great value and a service to them and just like we've attracted great talent to help grow Talru to the next level. So I want to talk about the jobs piece for a second and, and you, you're in a unique situation and a lot of people don't know that you, you ultimately share the same space office-wise with Indeed there in That's Austin. Right. I mean, you literally could throw a rock and hit Indeed's office. You probably do. So you have a, a unique, <laughs> you have a unique perspective on job distribution, the job board industry, the players, uh, Google for Jobs obviously yeah. has been a meteorite into the whole industry. I would think. Like, what are your what are your thoughts on the present state of the job board job job distribution industry? Great point. So my um, and great question. I agree with you all. I think that the idea of Google for Jobs is bigger than jobs. Mm -hmm. I think it's all about tapping into a B two B audience, and I think the clickstream data behind Google is what what they want is what's important to them. I think that's very big. You know, I when this first announced, I asked myself, I said, does, you know, this is a big industry, right? The 10 to $12 billion worldwide, but it's Google. Is that exciting enough for them, right? Is a few billion exciting? I don't know, I can't answer that question, but I do know that the whole idea to reach a B2B audience is much larger. I think it's like 80 billion. And I'm pretty sure audience. the 26 billion LinkedIn got got their attention as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, especially with Microsoft and yeah. how they can integrate a lot of that. So, mm. I think it's changing. Um, you know, I think it's it's interesting to see how all of this is is moving. With Indeed, you know, we call we call our office like the uh, the center of the job search universe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this funny little thing we created because it's like literally there's you know, Tauru, Indeed, and we are right there and have the same address we're building to, they're building one, right? Yep. Um, so we do call it the uh, center of the job search universe, which is pretty funny. Um, but it's it's definitely it's definitely changed a lot um, in so many different ways, but it's all moved to being data-driven. You know, like any marketing, right? right? It's, it's becoming, you know, we, we talk about what's different about Tauru. We say we're bringing a marketing approach to job advertising, right? It's not, and it's not an emotional buy anymore. It's like, does it work? Are the hires in my ATS? And if it does, scale and invest. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the big thing that's happened. 
So on the employer side, are you providing that pretty much that scale of data so that you can so they know ROI is here, here, and and how are you interfacing with you know applicant tracking systems? I mean, this, these aren't all easy questions, yeah. right? Yeah. This is and it's an ongoing process. Yeah. So as we looked at it today, our first our first real mission was okay. How can we provide transparency in how much opportunity is there? What's the labor supply look like? Mm -hmm. Right. So if I open a rec in your marketplace and jobs to careers, what does that look like? That was on-demand talent, the predictive nature of it, right? I think I can drive, you know, 300 clicks at a cost of X price. We say budget this, right? That's the, the first step. Mm -hmm. Where it gets really interesting is then taking that down to the additional steps, right, into the higher data as well. So that, that becomes really interesting. But, you know, it's in, you know the other thing I, th I think it's really, that's changed in the industry a lot is that you know, the the stat that is looked at is the source of hire stat, right? Right, and the source of hire stat is about volume of hires. Where do all the volume of hires come from? Um, and so, there's a strategy that says I'm going to build the I'm going to be the number one source of hire, and that's a strategy that has worked really well for some, right? Then there's the other strategy of saying, well, I really need to provide efficiency. I need my app to hire rate to be decent mm -hmm. because that's time I'm wasting. Plus, it's can, candidate experience, right? Yeah. Exactly. So if they're ejecting out of it, I mean, you want to make sure that it's nice and fluid, and it, it's it's going to that that ROI piece, right? So how do you how do you really help them focus on being able to get that efficiency and be able to focus on price? I mean, you're talking about transparency. Transparency is not easy to get no. with with this. How do you do that? Yeah, it's. Um, it's a tall order. <laughs> it's a tall order, but it's it's exciting for us because there's there's steps, yeah. right? There's steps in the process. It's first, okay, what's available for me? How do I make that work? How do that? How do I become more efficient? Um, number two, I'm I'm building a career site. You know, I'm leveraging one of the platforms that are there, or I'm using a, a recruitment marketing platform, or I'm I'm taking people directly to my ATS. Mm -hmm. How do we bridge that? How do we make? How do we reduce friction, right? And then how do we ensure that there's a there's a great candidate experience? So those are the things that we really that we focus on, and you know the next step is, what are the other data attributes that we can help make decisions for our customers and for our employers? That's where the opportunity really is. From an outsider's perspective, here at the show, you've got a nice booth, you've got the twenty by twenty. You know, it's probably <laughs> the fanciest booth here at a relatively modest show. Yeah. Uh, you're ramping up hiring. I noticed you you brought on Mark Anderson, yeah. who has a sort of long history in this industry. Oh, yeah. Cindy's been around forever. Um, new, like a lot of new people, a lot of new yeah. energy. Um, what are those new people going to be doing? As in other as, words, yeah. are there global aspirations here? Okay. Are you sticking in the U.S.? Um, there's just such a, a hunger for the, the products that you're. I mean, in other yeah. words, it's it's a vast change from some of the other companies, <laughs> Career Builder, that we talk about, <laughs> who aren't growing and sort of scaling up. So I guess just talk about like what what are these people going to be doing? Um, is it global? Is are you sticking in the U.S.? Like, what's yep. what's going on? There's massive upside in the U.S. Like that market is there's a huge opportunity in the U.S. So from our perspective, we're focusing on embracing the relationships with the advertising agencies that we work with. We bring on more enterprise business. That business could come through some of the programmatic partners that we work with, mm -hmm. or it could come direct through companies that want to work with us direct. And largely, when companies work with us direct, there's one key thing that they're yearning: service. You know, who would have thought that service as a software, right? <laughs> you know, the reverse, right? If huh, you think about it. need to trademark that. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but I'm serious, right? If you think about what people are yearning for, they, you know, they're, that, that level of service is so important for so many different people. And I think that that becomes very important. You look at all of our, our testimonials from customers. It's great service, great service, great service, great service. So a lot of that is just focusing. And there's so, so, there's so much opportunity here in the U.S., um, that there's tremendous upside. So we have n no plans today to look international. Okay. Yeah. Is that kind of service scalable? Yes, with the right people. Okay. Right, with the right people and the right customers. Mm -hmm. Right, you know, you got, you uh, mentioned um, that we, uh, Joe, you wrote an article about our product that we launched, uh, Ipley, that was focused on small businesses, and we shut down that product. Mm -hmm. And it was a great learning lesson from us. And what he told us was that, you know, small business isn't something that it was in our DNA at this time. And so yeah. we learned a lot from that. 
So we re retooled a lot of what we do, and we said, okay, this is our focus, and this is where there's a lot of opportunity. So in light of personal service, et cetera, some other tech that we talk about on the show pretty frequently are chatbots, automation, AI. What are your thoughts on that in terms of your own business or just the industry in general? I think it's the future, but you know, I go back to this whole idea of um, humanizing HR. Mm -hmm. Like chatbots, is that... You know, this is what we do. We have a relationship with people. We're in human resources. But we've got a black hole problem. And, yeah. and, and, if you're and a job, job seeker, I'd rather talk to a robot than nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. That's a terrific yeah. point. That's a terrific point. So I think there's a, I think there's an opportunity with it. Um, it's, it's just a very, it's a specific opportunity, right? It's how to become more efficient in what you do on a mm -hmm. daily. It's not going to solve all the world's problems, right? It's how you use it. So we were, I think one of the tracks, uh, there was an individual, a director of talent acquisition from Amazon, looking at how do they automate the entire hiring process. Yeah. So I think that yeah. there's... Basically drones delivering candidates <laughs> to your door, I think, is, is where Amazon's going. Yeah. 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 Dropping them. So it's, it's pretty wild. So I think there's definitely a use case for it. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Ipley was built sort of on an app. Any, any aspirations to sort of revisit the app, sort of native app world and, and create anything around, around that? Not at the moment. Okay. No. Yeah. Not at the moment. No. It's been interesting. You know, we've seen that uh, you know from an app from an app perspective, right? There's there are a number of things that have have to happen and to reduce friction for it to be truly valuable for job seekers. So our thesis has been, you know, we're going to invest in products and services where there's added value, right? So in the case of like we've looked at creating a job seeker app, and we're like, okay, well. You know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done with applicant tracking integrations, applicant tracking system integrations. So yeah. if we don't have the applicant tracking um, system integrations, then would an app be that powerful for us? So, so how does a uh, a customer actually inter interact with you now that you've turned you know into Talaru mm -hmm. versus you know the the old ODT product? And it's really not the old ODT product; it's just really rebrand. Is there yep. is there a different mechanism in which that they're just going to buy something that's rebranded yeah they're they're buying it rebranded right okay. as, a, as a product so um and as a new as a new company right so there and there's a lot of things we're adding into the product as we continue to iterate um but as it stands right now there's no difference in in that core product that we launched in hr so what what is the actual core product and then what what do you see as next steps roadmap wise on being able to evolve that product yeah absolutely so um today there were there's really kind of three pillars of the original product is how do we predict and how do we optimize and how do we deliver so the whole idea was how do we predict how well you, we think your job is going to perform mm -hmm. in our ecosystem how do we optimize it for you so you know how do we um scale up what's what's working and scale down what's not working okay. and then how do we deliver right into your ATS or into your career site so a lot of it is how do we make that um, kind of predict area how do we make that more robust what are the other signals and signs we could use of whether people click or they don't mm -hmm. what's the brand like what's the employer brand like what are all these types of things that are really powerful mm -hmm. and then more importantly how do we um, you know what are the other areas to make that experience um, rich for people what are some other things that people are interested in? So, um, you know, data, right? Yeah. Going, going around the, the idea of data, right? Right now, if you look at our, our system today, and in most systems, right, you know, and I hate saying this because it's a, we're in the business of people, we're not in the business of clicks, right? But they're clicks in the system and they're reported, but what do you do next, right? These are people, how do we, how do we bridge that gap? Well, how do you bridge that gap? I mean, that's the question because, yeah, I mean. You have at, to wait he, and see. <laughs> come on, Dad. He, he Sam, talks so much about Talru's mystery. Yeah. <laughs> Sam made us wait. She couldn't even tell the us what the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. And now you're making us, ah. Oh. So, yep. so that into my next question. So you have a vision, really, um, for process and also employer brand. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about experience. Right. Experience is very experience is very important to us. Okay. Absolutely. Like um, you know, so we've looked at um, you know one of the things when you look at you know how we interact is we would we would rather um, drive a candidate directly to a career site that's mobile optimized, right? That's not a jobs2careers.com experience. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big I think that's a a big differentiator how we look at the world, right? So you know if we were saying hey we're we're a job site 
we're going to be focused on okay, how do we how do we keep these people in the ecosystem, mm-hmm. right, and have resumes being posted, yeah. right, to we to were, to your ecosystem as opposed to the the employers. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So you know we look at it we look at the world a little bit differently. Okay. From that perspective, your uh, your founder Bruce Gee is a pretty interesting cat. Gee, yeah. And yeah. or Gee, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Um, What's he up to? Because it's kind of an interesting story for people who are, are geeks in the industry, and, and what just yeah, what's what's Bruce up to now that he's sort of passed the CEO baton to you? Yeah, he's um, he's having a lot of fun. So he's spending a lot of time being a Chinese uh, entrepreneur, um, a successful Chinese entrepreneur. He's spending a lot of his time thinking about how he can help Chinese entrepreneurs be more successful in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And that can also mean how how he helps companies. Um, uh, Asian companies come to the U.S. in a lot of different ways, so it's a very unique trait, right? And there's a lot of, and it's very interesting now, of course, what's going on politically. Yeah. Um, but you know, he looks at it and says that it's a very different market, right? The U.S. is a very different market. How how did I succeed, and how did I build a business in the U.S., uh, a great business in the U.S., profitable business in the U.S., um, and then how do I how do I help Chinese entrepreneurs be more successful? So there's a lot of great. So that company is with us. There's a conference uh, that focuses on um, entrepreneurship. It's called F50. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's where you spend a lot of his time. What are some of your takeaways from the, uh, the show so far, either the expo hall or just the attendees? What, what are some of your takeaways after a day and a half? So um, it's really interesting. There's a lot of um, focus around um, changing I see, I see change, right? I see change. I see change in every corner mm-hmm. by a lot of the different products and services that are there. People are looking for something different. Hmm. Um, Do you think they know what they're looking for? No, I think they need to be told. Educated. educated told, yeah. Right? Um, told probably a horrible word. I need a chat Literally, I think they need to. I don't know. Yeah. I need a chat bot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but, but you know, it's interesting because there's just so much opportunity there mm. that because um, it's such, a, such an important it's such an important sector. Yeah, huge, so important. Yeah. Any vendors that ca- catch your eye up to this point, or from the show? Tauru. Like, well, obviously <laughs> yeah, Tauru. It's got this huge right. tower. Right, as soon as you tower, walk in, tower, drink, tower, right? drink the Kool Aid for God's <laughs> sake. Tauru Kool Aid. So, so what can you tell us about what's next? <laughs> Come on, Dad. How about next episode? Okay, well, where can we find out more about Tauru for our listeners? Tauru.com. Thank you, Thad. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. It's commercial time. Sovereign AI Matching is the most sophisticated matching engine on the market because it acts just like a human. You decide exactly how our AI matching engine thinks about each individual transaction. It will find, rank, and sort the best matches according to your criteria. Not only does it deliver the best matches, it tells you how and why it produced them and offers tips to improve the results. Our engine thinks like you, so you don't have to learn how to think like the engine. To learn more about Sovereign AI matching, visit Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N dot com. It's showtime. With our Sherm Talent interview segment. Sherm Talent. Sherm Talent. Woo-hoo. Talented people. Uh, we're joined today with Amit Amit Chohan. I hope I said that, that good? correctly. Oh, yeah. CEO of JobEdX and also Recruit, which some people may know as your previous company. It's still going, but the first company you launched. Uh, we're going to focus on JobEdX here today, which you launched fairly recently. So for those who don't know, and probably that's most of our listeners, tell us about JobEdX uh, the genesis of it and what what uh, you hope to accomplish with it. Uh, absolutely, and uh, I really like to thank both of you for having me here today. Uh, a big fan of your podcast. Oh, just you. throwing it out there. So he's sucking up already. Are you? Are, <laughs> the question though, mm-hmm. are you Team Chad or Team Cheese? Oh, I'm Team Chad and Cheese. Oh, <laughs> he's going to edit that to just say Team Cheese. Team Chad. I'm going to edit. I'm going to edit that nice. one down. <laughs> Thank you for listening. No, no, absolutely. So, uh, so coming back to your question, uh, so like originally we are a tech, like an ed tech company. Like my background is from consumer ed tech. I worked, managed PPC campaign for some big companies. No programmatic 
uh, not the pragmatic we see in our industry, but what pragmatic is in consumer space. Uh, and the focus has been for us when we got into recruitment industry was to bring the consumer ed tech into recruitment, uh, recruitment and technology. Uh, we did that with Recruit, where we brought in uh, retargeting, uh, more uh, like I'll say generalized analytics platform as mm -hmm. well, and some like social advertising and everything. Um, and then when we saw an opportunity, when we started to learn about programmatic in recruitment space, which uh, a lot of companies are doing, and we realized that they're focusing on one specific part, which is the buying side. And uh, I, it just stuck to us that why just buying? How cannot you make the delivery dynamic? Because when you make delivery programmatic, you don't have to worry about anything else because that takes care of all the rules that you have to set. And that exactly like how the idea evolved. And uh, we started working on it not too long ago, just like maybe mid last year, mm -hmm. maybe mid 2017. Um, and the idea was to build the first real uh, RTB powered job advertising exchange. So the idea was that we go to publisher partners, claim dedicated slots on their mm -hmm. search results. And whenever job seeker searches, we can in real time dynamically uh, deliver a job uh, based on what criteria they're searching. And that just gives us so much control. Same thing, like if you go to Marshall, you see an ad. That ad is a response of a real-time auction that happened like two seconds before the page was loading. Now, the reason you see a particular ad may be because of the data ad exchanges mm -hmm. collecting you. We as an industry, we have a lot more power. We have intent-based advertising. We know exactly what ad the candidate wants to see. We know what they're searching for, where they're searching for. And if you're still not delivering that way, like, like how good are we as an, a technology platforms? That's exactly what we're bringing with job edX, that intent-based job advertising with real-time delivery and real-time editing. So talent acquisition, I mean, programmatic sounds good. It's kind of almost like AI and, and machine learning, and it's like, oh, it's programmatic. It's like I can say it, but I don't know what the hell it is. So you guys talk about smarter programmatic, and you talk about bringing consumer ad tech in, right? How's that, how's that different, so different from recruitment ad tech? Are we talking about like the horse and buggy versus like a Porsche or what, what are we talking about here? Yeah, so traditionally we see the, the recruitment advertising exchanges that uh -huh. are being existed for quite some time now. What they were doing is they created a network where they will rely on their publishers mm -hmm. to show their jobs when they have to. Like, so publisher mm -hmm. job X will get a feed from one of the exchanges. It'll get take feed from everywhere, and then it becomes like a responsibility of a publisher to show the jobs. Now, in that case, as uh, the exchange itself, as the platform itself, they have no visibility of when their job will be shown, whom it will be shown, and how it will be shown that doesn't make an, any ad platform powerful. Now, what, what makes Google so powerful? What makes AppNexus so powerful? Their, their ability to see throughout their exchange, throughout their network, mm -hmm. and place an ad based on what data they collect. And that's the same thing that we are doing. We see everything that's happening in our exchange. We see what keywords people, job seekers are searching, when they're clicking, when they're not clicking. Okay. Ability to turn on a job and turn off a job in real time. So it's not like a publisher has to refresh a feed every three hours or one hour just to make sure there are new jobs. You don't have to do that. So it sounds it sounds like it's more transparent throughout the network and just fluid. It just flows as opposed to you waiting and having to click a button to be able to get into a slot. The system it just it just works more fluidly than what you've seen in recruitment ad tech over the years. Uh, absolutely, and like we having the access to those dedicated slots, it gives us more power. More power that okay, how we can uh, rotate more jobs. Like one of the uh, one of the more common concern I face when I'm talking to a lot of agency and clients that uh, with traditional uh, ad exchanges, mm -hmm. uh, especially job ad exchanges, uh, they will give you the budget and the way they are set up, you will spend your budget within an hour or two, and then you have to spend more. Uh, we don't do that because we have we understand that okay, uh, if you give us let's say thousand dollars, we can spend it out for the whole period of your campaign. It can be ten days, twenty days, thirty days. So we do the budget conservation for for our clients, and we do it the same way uh, we have been seeing that happening in consumer ad tech. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to run a camp like your job is on uh, page one for any publisher today. Now it might be on page two or page three, but going with the tip, uh, traditional way of job posting, that doesn't mean that no new job seekers are coming. One thing we also need to see that we are so spoiled by Google 
especially like millennials, yeah. that we don't want to go to second or third page yeah. on any searches. <laughs> like I don't remember like when I was I went to like second page on Google search. Yeah. For me, those results are irrelevant. We take the same behavior when doing the job search. We don't go to second or third pages. So that's why like we see that okay, the traffic on a job uh, on for any job posting drops significantly like after a couple of days. Yeah. That is solved by having the dynamic uh, placement. So we our jobs are where the candidates are. So it's not second or third page, it's like it can be any page mm -hmm. where job seekers are. And we have ability to make sure okay, if that candidate has seen this job X number of time, hasn't clicked on it, don't show them this job again. So that just gives us more ability to rotate jobs more efficiently, conserve the budget, and just make sure that like all the advertisers get more access to unique candidates. We're seeing a lot of activity in this space. Um, Pandologic, AppCast, a lot of uh, Jovio, a lot of competition. Mm -hmm. How do you guys differentiate yourself from the others? Uh, so we do overlap in some way or another, but I think our core focus, which is the technology side of it, is completely separate. Uh, like for example, if you talk about Pandologic or RecruitX, ClickCast, that's where they are the buying side of the platform, which is like which is a rule-based buying, and that has been the programmatic in our space for like previous a couple of years. Mm -hmm. We are not focusing on that part because what we have seen from uh, consumer edtech, if you make the delivery dynamic, you don't have to specifically set the rules because then the algorithms and then the exchange itself take care of the whole rules that you have to set. Be it okay when to stop a campaign, when to stop like or when to run a campaign when to show a job, when not to show a job. So all those you know, key factors come in play, but they have just done automatically. That's where we are focusing on, and that's how like that's where the core uh, differentiator for us is. At some cases, we do work uh, in conjunction with them. Mm -hmm. So like some of our clients, where we do, but uh, like from the technology part of it, we are very separate. And it's like the vision is very separate as well. So on the analytics side of the house, do you have an analytics platform that you provide to them? Do you just plug into their analytics platform? How does that work? So uh, that's where like we have like capability of doing it both ways. Okay. So we do have an analytics dashboard for our clients to use. Uh, and like if our clients are using an existing uh, programmatic platform, then uh, we can send the data there as well. Like, like from technology, I think we have taken care of every aspect to make lives easier for our clients. Uh, and any advertiser or any employer who comes to us, uh, we we have seen the challenges uh, with uh, traditional programmatic platform, the complexity of it. Uh, and it, it, it happens, like whenever an industry evolves and bring new technologies from other industries, uh, the complex part are actually addressed first. And that's exactly what we're seeing. So the platforms are out there, they're complex, they're, they're good, they're performing well, but still like, end user and talent acquisition manager is not the one using them. That's where our focus has been to simplify the process so much that even if an end user, it can be like one person shop, can use programmatic to advertise one job or 100,000 jobs. So in most cases, I mean, talent acquisition, they feel like they have to go to an agency to be able to get this done because it is just so complex. Um, what you're saying is the, with, with job at X, it's that, that's not something that you really have to worry about. You can plug into it. It's simplicity and really the platform does the work for you. You don't have to sit there, watch your budgets, any of that other stuff. You get into the platform and it, and it works for you. Absolutely. And that's like, that is the same thing that we have seen, uh, happening with uh, almost like I think in every industry whatsoever. So, uh, from consumer tech, uh, at tech, uh, what we have learned uh, initially is that you build a platform, if it's too complex, at least the enterprise clients, they will go to the agencies. Now, mm -hmm. the smaller market, which is SMBs, they don't have budget to go to agencies. Mm -hmm. um, so they have to either learn themselves to do it yes. or they just don't do it. Uh, <laughs> Mainly the latter, right? Exactly. Uh, and that's exactly where I think even today's uh, uh, recruitment programmatic market is, where it's only so, uh, focused on the enterprise clients or the big companies, which can either afford an agency or which can have someone to really manage, like who can hire someone to manage the programmatic side of it, yeah. which is very rare though, because most of them actually just go to the agencies. We want to make sure that okay, we have a platform accessible to anyone. Like it can be smaller companies, companies with two people, or uh, HR department or hiring mm -hmm. department, uh, and they want to advertise their job. They don't know if they want to go to each job board to do it, or they want to go to one particular place, and they're just like, 
run it in a way that it's optimized automatically. Right. So we are building a platform that's accessible for everyone, not just for specific niche or just for uh, enterprise clients or big, uh, big agencies. One of your big pushes when you launched was to get publishers on board. In other words, sites where your jobs could be seen, which I saw as a, a pretty big challenge. Um, how's that going? What You're smiling, so I assume it was. Like, talk about that and where you are with that today. Uh, so uh, we are receiving really good response from the industry. Uh, I'll, I'll say like the launch uh, timing was off because we launched in December last year and all the publishers, they have like Q1, Q2 plan for their mm -hmm. product development lifecycle. Mm -hmm. uh, and they like, uh, we also understand that uh, a majority of the companies publishing in, uh, in our industry, they have significantly small tech teams. So like squeezing in even a small sprint can take a long time. Though, like what we are, what we were able to achieve working with even the handful of publishers, we were able to achieve some important data that we continue to share with more prospective uh, publisher and clients. Mm. That how not just by adding our slots, they are maximizing their uh, like on the revenue, which will, they will get to, from any other job board, uh, job uh, job exchange, but also like if they're replacing our unit with let's say a Google Adsense unit they're actually starting to see more engagement for their other jobs as well. Because now, now their job seekers are seeing more relevant ads. They're not distracted by a Domino's Pizza ad on, uh, from Google AdSense just because someone do it. I have seen those, that ad myself. Unless you're Joel. Joel wants to see the Domino's Pizza. I'm good with pizza. Yeah, yeah no, like you're a pizza, pizza guy. Sure. Yeah, no, it's pizza. But yeah, you don't go to job board to search jobs then. <laughs> no, he's, he's looking for jobs and pizza at the same time. He's a very niche customer, though. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Super niche. Super niche. Um, we talk a lot about on the, sh on the show the challenges like uh, an Indeed or maybe what we think of as traditional job uh, sites have from the top. So you have LinkedIn with Microsoft, obviously. You have Google and Google for Jobs and even Facebook getting into this, into this game. It seems like... Um, a challenge that we don't talk about enough maybe is the programmatic buying side. Do you agree with that? And if so, what do you what do you feel like is the programmatic impact on the traditional job side? Is it good for them or bad for them or good for some, bad for some? Uh, it's uh, it's good and bad both. Like, if, uh, like there's no uh, real answer to it. Just say, okay, no, it's definitely good or it's definitely bad. Uh, though, like, if we see, like, okay, uh, the players that you mentioned, like, uh, LinkedIn by Microsoft or Facebook or Google. Uh, those so far, they've been staying away from actually entering in the market with the core uh, powers that they have, like all their ad exchanges. Uh, they're not doing it just yet. But when they do it, programmatic will become a norm because like they're not going to do and like deal with like, the usual way of running uh, how the ad exchanges work in our industry. They will come with the same dynamic posting and like how every, everything is more real time and everything. Uh, sooner we adopt to it, it will be a better transition for the industry so that like when these players come in, we'll know where we fit in and where are uh, either by the business model or the technology specs of it because they will come eventually. Yes. They are very aggressive, like uh, Google especially is very aggressive. Uh, and all the publishers, and like it, that's where we think, like all the publishers are already using Google AdSense in some way or other. So sooner we realize that how and where we fit in as uh, as technology, as market, as companies and partners, it'll be an easier transition for the industry. Uh, but so maybe I might have asked the question incorrectly. Do you think do you think programmatic ad buying is good for sites like Indeed, Monster, etc., or good, bad? Like what what's your opinion? Oh, uh, it's definitely good. Good. It's definitely good for like, all of them. For, for all of them. And the reason I'll say it's good uh, is if they can tr uh, like translate uh, that results to their customers. Because in the end, what's good should be good for your customer. Like if they, if what they're doing with pragmatic, if they're doing with their job distribution. But if, if I'm Indeed mm -hmm. and you're putting ads on all my competitors as well and I'm in a free marketplace competing with the results on those other pages, then that's bad for me, right? I'd rather have all your money on my site and not compete with the other job sites. But that, that happens either way. Like, you see, uh, even if like you, you're in, like, even if- Not if Indeed doesn't play. Like in the end, you will have to at some point, okay. especially right. when, the, when the market will grow. Like, okay, you can say, okay, I don't want to, uh, we don't want to do it just yet. Uh, 
yeah, we, we, we can say that a lot of uh, people, even job boards or exchanges are denying adopting to programmatic just mm -hmm. because they don't understand it. But, uh, with, and that happens with with every industry when there's a new thing that comes which people don't understand, they want to stay away from it. It's, it's okay for now, but there will be like maybe in a couple of years or so, you will have to adopt to it. And even like for bigger players like Nita Monster, they will have to agree to the point that, okay, Prismatic is the way to go. Do they think that the, really the short-term loss per se, just the, the click dollars versus the posting dollar yep. is is really the issue right out of the gate? It's like, well, I'm going to lose this this concrete $500 or $200, whatever it is, to post a job versus I don't even know what how many clicks or what dollars I'm going to get from there. So do you see that as like a long-term kind of win versus a, a short-term kind of, hey, this is the dollars we have now. You've got to let that go and you've got to evolve. How, how does that happen? Well, uh, without actually naming, I'll say like... No name, name, name. <laughs> no names. No names. <laughs> yeah. So without names, I think that we have seen from the bigger players in our industry mm -hmm. that they're very concerned about the short-term impact yeah. uh, rather than the long-term strategy. And uh, because there are, there are companies who should be working with Google rather than not working with Google. Because uh, like... If, because, like the, you need to understand that Google uh, is the destination for job seekers. And when we are in a market where there's so little, uh, especially like the unemployment rate is historically low, so we need to understand that, okay, if you want to play with the most important search engine in the world, mm -hmm. uh, and if you just want to go against them, it's not going to help us. Mm -hmm. Like you have the traffic right now, but you're not going to have it for long. Did you hear that indeed? Carol, go ahead. I didn't say anything. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I, he didn't mention names, but Chad will mention Chad, names. Chad yeah. mentions no names. No fear on doing that. <laughs> but yeah, in the end, uh, whenever like uh, whenever you have like these p like uh, companies like uh, uh, Google, Facebook, my Microsoft entering yeah. in a space because they uh, like they have all the resources that they can like make big changes. It's better to play with them rather than against them, and um, I think like. Uh, that should like that should be the focus for at least the bigger players in our industry. It also opens door for the smaller ones right. because uh, once they start to adapt to the the newer uh, the changes and the evolution, it makes it easier for the smaller players to get it. So these smaller niche sites, and, and we've actually received um, comments and emails from smaller niche sites saying, "Hey, look, what do I do? You know, the job board job boards are dying. What do I do?" This would be your answer for them is like, "Hey, you need to go programmatic. You need to be." A publisher. No, absolutely. Uh, see, when it's, when someone says job boards are dying, and uh, it's it's a challenge to see how you can save a job board because mm -hmm. it's like uh, it's it's a very different topic altogether. Yes. Yeah. But uh, how you can work with everyone else uh, can I really make make a lot of difference. Mm -hmm. Maybe okay. Do you really understand your audience? How can uh, some other technology can activate your audience better? Programmatic can. Programmatic, uh, that's that's the whole power of programmatic in general that how it activates the audience mm -hmm. to capitalize on your return like to really maximize your returns to like a lot of time you post a job without actually seeing there are getting people are clicking or not clicking yeah you see like when it comes to tracking the results tracking the conversions job boards haven't done a great job like till now like there are some who are adopting to it but largely yeah. it's not when you go programmatic uh, on a higher level you start to see those things. Even with those, even if you don't have a huge audience, it can make a lot of difference because you'll see that okay, your jobs are rotated more frequently. Mm -hmm. You can see that okay, uh, like people who are applying, people who are clicking, they're really distinguished, and like uh, the conversion rate has started to go up. And that just trans everything translates in better later on. You mentioned um, the world of marketing, and, and I appreciate your statement that. Uh, if you want to make a successful HR business, just look at what's working in like the sales and marketing world, and we're five years behind. So just do something at in least. that space. So, yeah. uh, in the world of marketing, programmatic ad buying is a huge percentage of what's being bought out there. What? what percentage are we at in penetration with HR and recruiting, and how big do you think that number of percentage will be? You know, in the future, like how high are we going to get? Where's the ceiling? Well. Um the numbers that we're seeing in the industry are very different. So like some people are, some people, some places I'm reading it's 5%, some places I'm reading it's 80%. I think, excuse me, uh, we need to see- You agree there's no chance it's 80%. No way. Uh, there's okay. no way. Yeah. No way it's 50%, <laughs> <laughs> 80%. Uh, so it, 
like I think the answer to this is like whom we're talking in respect of. So when we're talking to the job boards, uh, so job boards, they are going pragmatic and there's a really good percentage of that. Mm -hmm. If we're talking in terms of agencies, mm -hmm. there's a really good percentage of that as well. But if we just talk, uh, talk about employers in general, it's a very small percentage. Right. And it will remain very small percentage until like we realize that like we, we really open it up for the SMBs, which we, are, uh, which we aren't yet. Um, because platforms are more focused for the enterprise, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I'm uh, like I'll say like but for the direct employers is definitely one to five percent, like at, at max. So with a platform being easier to access, utilize, kind of go on autopilot per se, how do you really penetrate that SMB market? And do um, you care? Oh yeah, they care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah. uh, I think like uh, look at Zip. <laughs> Well, that see, uh, and actually, that's a very good uh, example. Like uh, for us, also the motivation to build job addicts was not just for enterprise; it was for SMBs. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, for example, a lot of time we like uh, like to talk ourselves as like Google Adsense for jobs when we talk to people, and that's exactly what the motivation is. That uh, from the consumer edtech, uh, we've seen that okay, if you don't have a platform that can serve uh, like those smaller spaces, or we can say which is like, I'll say 85% of the market, which is the small and medium-sized companies, uh, you're missing out big. Mm -hmm. DMPs, DSPs, the yeah. big companies, they came in and they focused only on the agencies. And very soon they realized that if you really want to make uh, big dollars, you have to have self-serve platforms. You have to have easier self-serve self -serve platforms, yeah. which anyone can use, even if they have $100 or $500. The pr pragmatic platforms that we have in our industry right now they're not fit for one job or two jobs or even 10 jobs. Right. If you give them like anything smaller than maybe 100 or 200, it's not really worth it. It's not worth it for employers. It's not worth it for even the, uh, the platforms. Right. That's where we are focusing. That's where we want to take it that even if you have one job, even if you have a hundred dollar budget, you can create a campaign the same way someone will create it with thousand system is designed to facilitate in a way that okay definitely if you're spending more you get more visibility more visibility mm -hmm. to an inventory but even if for the hundred dollar we get the best value and that's exactly what the focus is and that's happening in any advertising technology like it's about how much you're spending how much you uh, like what results you can get and just translate it into that. So talking about spending, tell me about pricing. What can someone expect to pay if they have a $1,000 budget to put towards job edX? What piece of that do you get? Uh, we get, uh, let's not talk about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 50%. Well, to be honest, I, we don't know how much we get. So, but I'll say it this way. Uh, Unlike traditional uh, exchanges where it's a flat out uh, share between publisher and advertisers, like sometimes 50-50, uh, 70-30, uh, we haven't done it that way. Uh, because that just makes, uh, uh, like, so from my publisher, like from my development team, they just say that makes their life easy, but um, like whatever we are trying to do, that makes their life so much difficult. Uh, but the idea is that how we can maximize the returns for publishers. And so, so a customer doesn't say, hey, I'm, I'm paying you $1,000 to push my jobs. Um, how much of that is actually going toward buying ads and how much is going to you? Like you, you don't let them know that? Not right away. Okay. And, and the, the idea is because what happens is there are some jobs where, which are like less competitive, uh, where the CPCs are lower. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that okay, if the CPC is really low, let's say it's hovering around 20 cents a click. Uh, in that case, uh, a really big chunk of that CPC goes to the publisher. And that is that has been the focus for us. The, when the CPC starts to increase, uh, that's when our share starts to increase. Um, where it goes, like it like it fluctuates. But so, so you're not a non-profit. Oh, you're no, a for-profit business. <laughs> for -profit so you don't just say, hey, 15% off the top is going to come to our platform. We're going to get 15%. No, it's, it's like... It's programmed to like, so the system is designed to see that how it can maximize returns okay. for publishers for the quality. 
Uh, it also like does a couple of things from like quality traffic. Uh, so it's like, for example, like we didn't sign, like we don't do the traditional partnership signature that, okay, 50-50 from publisher to advertiser. Mm -hmm. We say, oh, we just keep it open. We say, okay, the system will analyze the traffic you're sending. If mm -hmm. you send, let's say, uh, well, your conversion rate is anywhere from 10 to 11%. Uh, you might actually get 80 80% uh, of the click. Okay. Uh, if your conversion is 5%, you might get 60%. If it's below 5, you might get 50 or lower. But it's focused on the quality, so that like that just makes like uh, both sides meet easy. And like and a lot of time like it, it's like slows down the traffic for one uh, or the job delivery for one just mm -hmm. to make sure that okay, uh, it's balanced out. But yeah, it's like there's no fixed here. Tell me something cool your development team is working on right now. Uh, well, if I tell you that, uh, those guys will freak out. Yeah. <laughs> really? They'll freak out? Oh, well, yeah. they don't listen to us. No, they like, won't hear they this do, podcast. Like, I've, I've, I've told them. I've told the whole team to listen to it. Especially like this one. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, but, and the, and for, for the better reason, I think, is... Uh, like I, I so speak in generalities. Is it new new features? Is it just grow out the platform? What's sort of the major direction from that standpoint? Uh, I think right now our core focus is performance more than features. Okay. Uh, like and that is something we have learned from Recruit uh, generally that we have like we overbuilt Recruit. Like we built so much. Like I used to come up with uh, stupidest ideas, and my dev team never said no. And they will just go and build it. Mm -hmm. uh, and we realize we are the only ones using those features. So this time we're not focused on features that much. We're focused on how what we have so far from like we 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 using terms prototype one, prototype two, prototype three, and we're going to be until prototype twenty maybe. Mm -hmm. And focusing on what do we have, how we can improve the performance, how we can improve the like what do you call it, like the search matching, job matching, click through rate, impressions, yeah. uh, deliverability, and all that. Uh, right now, more focus is on uh, the job search. So, from where we were a month ago till now, we have like we have seen significant improvement in, in our search matching, and now we're actually implementing machine learning in that. So that like uh, because like what we saw was job seeker searches are very random. The, can you guess what, what is the most common search parameter that we get? In jobs near jobs. me. No, it's, it's actually no strength. People just come and search. Come search. They'll just browse. Yeah. Basically. And they, they will just see what it comes. So now, how do we address that? So that's like, that's where the candidate profiling comes in. We see, okay, if that candidate hasn't like uh, input a string, let's show them any job initially and try to see if they click on it, if they don't click on it. Learn from it. Learn from it. Yeah. And that's where like the machine learning is coming in very handy. Where can our listeners find out more about job edits? Well, they can log in at www.jobadx.com. I remember, I just forgot the spelling for some reason. <laughs> or uh, they should reach out to our uh, amazing VP of sales, Tim Hawk, at tim at uh, jobadx.com. Yeah, please don't email me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim, Tim's in the room, so he's amazing. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's, uh, he's yeah. Thank you, Amit. Thank you. This has been the Chat and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analyst Celeste Shifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics than hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts.